was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. From the outskirts of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Shot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hello! On today's episode, we're catching up on all the latest news about Episode 9. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Uh, before we go too much further, Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by you, our awesome Patreon subscribers. Click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and learn how you can support the show and get in on our uh, $5 patron-level Slack team. Yes, we have a lot of discussion in there right now. The Slack team has been very fun from Force Friday to now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, $5 gets you into the Slack team, helps us support the show, and uh, chat with us and other listeners. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so, hey, we're not in our usual recording space today. Nope. We are uh, back in the birthplace of Tashi Station Radio. I am back uh, home on vacation. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're having we, a lot of fun out we, in the Seattle both, area. We both are back on vacation. Yeah, we're both here on vacation. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're, we're back, uh, back where I grew up, uh, back uh, in the house where Tashi Station Radio started almost six years ago. I mean, to be fair, it also started in my house. It, it did. But this you don't own that anymore, and my parents still own this. Also, you edited the podcast and yeah, yeah. produced it, Yeah, and I just talked. This was where it was produced. Uh, so yeah, we're uh, on vacation. We were thinking of, you know, maybe we'll do a little post-Force Friday uh, get-together where we talk about the stuff we found. Uh, then news happened, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But uh, before we go too much further, hey, it's time for Fixer's Flash, the geeky things we've been up to. Nancy, what about you? Well, we uh, have been on vacation, obviously. Uh, we can talk about the stuff we have done on vacation. I Absolutely. Guess, although it's can. not really geeky. <laughs> well, some of it was. Uh, we went to Victoria, British Columbia, and uh, saw uh, Bouchard Gardens, which was very pretty, and uh, also reminded me of the O Canada Circle Vision movie. Um, we went to Leavenworth, which is a Bavarian village in the mountains, um, and there was a lot of f- smoke uh, from wildfires. Yeah, the entire western seaboard was covered in fire smoke earlier this week, which was fun. Yeah. Uh, we went to see sports balls, which was mostly for Brian. Yeah. Went and saw the Mariners and Sounders. That was fun. It was. Was it like being at home? It was like being at home. (laughs) Uh, There was a hurricane at our house in Florida. (laughs) Right now, we know we still have power. We don't know what the condition of our house is, though. Yeah, we, uh, we, we... Timed our vacation very well to not be at home during and the hurricane. The important thing that I know you all want to know: Mara and Maz are fine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they were the first priorities to make sure they were okay. Um, 
Mara was with your mom. Maz went with a friend of ours. They're both okay. And, um, yeah, we timed that well, except it's very nerve-wracking to uh, be away from your house while preparing for a hurricane. So we're we're very much hoping that uh, that uh, we get some good news on our house today. Yeah. So we'll yeah. find out there. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, we were not able to do Force Friday shopping on Force Friday, but we did go um, later on in the week and happened to find every action figure that I was looking for. We hit a Walmart right after getting our rental car, and we must have hit it just minutes after after they restocked. Yeah, because I got I got eight figures. I got seven of the three point seven five figures. Which was Luke, obviously, Ray, uh, Chewbacca with the Porg, Hux with the mouse droid, um, Rose, Paige, and who am I missing? Poe. Poe. Helmetless Poe. Helmetless Poe, which is like the third Poe we have. <laughs> yes. Uh, and also, I was able to find a six-inch Grand Admiral Thrawn Black Series figure, which I hate him for making me buy the six inch figures just like i'm gonna hate Jaina later but um it's a really good figure so and we also bought some funkos yes uh out here in uh out here uh in everett washington uh is where funko headquarters is based and they just opened up their own dedicated retail store yeah so we were at the funko store and wow it's a lot of funko Yes, uh, they have really cool displays and huge Funkos. Um, I bought a shirt. I bought, um, what did I buy? Uh, the the Poe, uh, civilian Poe Funko. Oh, Maz Kanata Funko, yes. finally. So uh, Maz can be next to Maz when she jumps up on my desk. Um, and I also, earlier in the week, bought the Luke in his new outfit. And um, a porg. I don't. We don't have a stuffed porg yet. We're gonna... We will be getting. Actually, no. Wait, no, we did I get did a stuffed porg because a we're more. because we're but incredibly I'm... believable and obvious and predictable. But I'm waiting to get the electronic one when we're at home, so and then we I'm can, going to torture so we can cats. torment the cat. Yep, and the dog. Of <laughs> those noises. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, so uh that's what we've been up to uh, since we recorded last. Um but hey, we do have some new stuff on the blog. Yes. So oh, we didn't we didn't I mentioned the other things I did. <laughs> I I did other stuff. Oh right. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's do those. Uh well, I read Leia Princess of Alderaan and Phasma. Uh Leia I read like in one day or like two days because it was it was so good like it was pretty much everything i wanted from that book and claudia gray can write leia at any point of her life and it's fabulous um and also there's it's there's so many good connections to pretty much every part of star wars like if you like the prequels if you like rogue one if you want more information about the last jedi i mean like it's all in this book so I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Phasma um, was good, if not really what I was expecting. Um, but overall, I liked it. Um, 
and we um also i started reading the borders of infinity which is the next for kozigan novella uh that i was going back to and um i'll probably finish that before you leave so then i have to decide what book to read next because <laughs> i don't have another book scheduled until our book club for october so uh i will probably read another for kozigan book <laughs> um and uh last night we watched the Warcraft movie. <laughs> you watched it. I drifted in and out. Ah. And Brian is now trying to convince me to renew my subscription to World you of Warcraft. You can play on the side every now and then. Okay, but I really can't because I know myself and I am a completionist. So even if I'm not rating, I'm going to be like... I have to get this achievement and go and find every, explore every land in the game. Um, and I I will have to like level through like four expansions I skipped. So yeah, it will be. And I'll have to like get a guild and all this stuff. Like it's a lot of work. <laughs> you can't just play by yourself. I see. Okay. Okay. I, I, I understand. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, hop over to what's new on the blog. It's been a, a busy week and change uh, since we last got together. Yep. Um, as I said, Phasma and Leia, Princess of Alderaan came out. We've got reviews on the blog for those. Um, also, go no-goes for those. And a column from Amanda about Leia and her relationship with her family, um, which was also like the best part of that book. I'm, I'm so glad Breha had a big role in that book. Um, we've got new episodes of the Thrawn cast, Western Reaches, and the Mousetroid, and uh, uh, per usual, comic reviews, including a the return of the GIF review for Darth Vader number five. Hooray! Yeah. Okay, sorry, bear with me. I just lost my notes here. Up oh, there we go. Uh, Deke's Dirt news from around fandom. Uh, we start with the Rebel Season 4 trailer, which I think dropped while uh, you and I were in Victoria. Uh, yes, I believe. Uh, I, I mean, actually haven't watched it on a screen bigger than our phone yet. Yeah, I mean, we had, um, we've, we had another trailer already from, uh, Celebration. Was it? Yeah, we had the Celebration trailer, but this was another one that came out. Yes. And there was a, yeah, because there was a, um, a panel at, is it Fan Expo Canada, I think was the convention? Uh, yes, I believe that was it. Yeah, so um, that aired at that uh, convention, and then they released it afterwards. Um, and also, we finally have a premiere date. Octo- I think it's October sixteenth. <laughs> I-, I believe that's right. Sorry, I didn't have uh, I didn't have that note handy. Oh yes, uh, October sixteenth, and oh, where's the tweet? They're doing something interesting. With this uh, same thing they were doing with DuckTales on Disney XD, which was premiering at multiple times throughout the day. And it should also be available on the app that morning. Yeah. A lot of people were concerned because I think it like was said like midnight it was going to be on and people were like, really? And then they um, clarified that there were it was airing multiple times. Yes. Mm hmm. Um, let's see here. Uh, Disney is putting their Star Wars and Marvel films on their own streaming service and taking it off of Netflix. Great. That's stupid. I mean, we buy all these physically anyway, so... 
I don't have much of a need for a streaming service because I really am not consuming everything Disney Entertainment puts out there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool that Rogue One is on Netflix, but I mean, we really we have it. <laughs> we bought it on streaming anyway. <laughs> we bought a digital copy anyway. Um, I just don't like the trend of putting everything up on its own service. I mean, we're defeating the point of uh, cord cutting yeah. if we're spending more than we were for cable on individual services. Yeah, plus I'm annoyed because they're obviously going to put the next show, if, whether it's animated, live action, whatever. I mean, when we know they're working on a new animated show. Um, so they're going to be putting this on that service which means i'm gonna have to pay for it or buy the episodes on itunes or whatever and it's annoying <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they're right now the model is to the point where if i want everything i need to watch i want to watch i need to have both a cable subscription and multiple companies streaming services subscription yeah and that's obnoxious yeah but. So, yeah, I'm not a fan, but moving on. Yeah. Uh, from a certain point of view is getting a New York Comic Con exclusive cover, and man, I wish I could get my hands on it. Uh, Well, we may have some nice people who can get one for us. We love you, listeners. <laughs> well, we'll we, yeah, we know people who will be at the panel, so we can, or be at the convention, so hopefully. We'll crossing. bribe them in advance. Yeah, crossing fingers. <laughs> uh, the Last Jedi novelization by Jason Fry appears to have been moved to March. And I'm not happy with this. I wanted to read it now. I I'm sorry. Yeah, someone noticed that it was it, it had been moved to March in the catalog and asked about it, and um, it was clarified in a tweet that no, that was not a typo. But um, Delray hasn't said anything further about it being moved so i'm wondering if they will make an announcement about that soon um wondering why um wondering why it was moved to then obviously they're you know have more time to write it but um also wondering if it's because they want uh Jason Fry to have more time to like see the end of the movie or like the final cut of the movie or you know what what the reasoning is because the Force Awakens came out you know on day one so yeah so uh well and for the Force Awakens novelization they had to pull out all the stops to even get the hardcover out within a week or a couple weeks of the film coming out. So probably wasn't as realistic a possibility to make that happen this time. Yeah. Um, I am. Yeah. I mean, it, it's weird. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to what they, what they say about the reasoning. If they, if they say anything at all, it's probably um, just entirely production. Um, the good thing that is, um, the good thing is that there's a bunch of other books coming out. Then to uh, occupy our time, <laughs> there's uh, Cobalt Squadron and all of the, you know, the visual guides and the cross sections. And Jason Fry is writing another book called Bomber Command, which is like a short, like supplemental uh, fleet uh, guide. So there, there's we'll be busy. And the art of book, of course. 
Yes. <laughs> so there'll be there'll be plenty to keep us busy until that novelization comes out. Yeah. All right. Time for some bigs bullshit uh, Star Wars film news, and uh, Ron Howard's released some more set pictures. Is the vision in the movie, or is he just visiting the set? Paul Bettany on set in a photo with Ron Howard. Um, who I guess we'll find out soon. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll even get the title for this. Yeah. Um. I I, I like all of his picture. All all of his pictures. Um. There was one. Uh. There was one that would look like it was in the cockpit of some vehicle um there was another one like a fight at a cantina so i like i like all these i like all these pictures and it's cool that he's doing them yeah indeed indeed and uh i mean i guess there was another little bit of news that uh, happened this week <laughs> uh colin trevorrow last week was dumped as the director of episode nine citing creative differences uh some industry reports reports painted a much less flattering picture. Mm -hmm. And today it's announced that J.J. Abrams will return for episode nine, which brings us into Cammy's concerns, our obvious discussion topic for the week. What's going on with episode nine? <laughs> so <sighs> what is going on with episode nine? That's a good question. Right. When, when did the Colin Trevorrow thing happen? Um, while well, we were in Leavenworth, so it was Tuesday. Right, yeah. So the the the, the fifth. Yeah, so we were- A week ago. So we were driving up into the mountains, busy. Yeah, well, we had gotten there. I think we had gotten there uh, already, so it was later in the day when it was when it was announced. Yeah, uh, but we we were busy, and then I pull out my phone a little later, and Star Wars Twitter's blowing up for some reason. And then- no, I saw it before you did. Did you? Okay. Yes. And I was like, uh, Colin Trevor is out of episode nine. And you were like, what? <laughs> and uh, literally, it was the only thing that's ever united Star Wars fans. <laughs> uh, does this make me terrible to be slightly amused that I've yet to find a single person who's upset that Colin Trevor was off nine? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, the director carousel over at Lucasfilm continues. Uh, I mean, I'm not too broken up about uh, Trevorrow being off. No, I mean, I'm not unfamiliar enough with his work to really have an opinion. I liked Jurassic World fine, but I didn't think it was a very good movie. Um, Book of Henry bombed spectacularly. Yeah, and um, I I was just kind of meh on the whole thing, and hoping that they would get rid of him if he wasn't working and i mean that's that's one thing that we can discuss with this whole um you know removing directors that and writers that everyone is concerned about yeah i mean i think you can make an argument that lucasfilm does have a problem with their initial evaluations of people they bring in either they are mistakenly thinking that they can control their process more, mm -hmm. or they've changed their mind midstream that they don't want to let directors with very particular styles do their process. Yeah. Well, but I, I think that is a legitimate criticism that uh, they have perhaps not vetted their process out on the beginning, on the beginning side enough. But at the same point, 
it is good to know that if there is a problem, that they are not afraid to rectify it. Yeah, uh, that that is definitely a very good thing. Um, I mean, C- Kathleen Kennedy is under a ton of pressure to get all these movies right and to to deliver. Um, and the fact that she will, you know, say, I'm sorry, this isn't working. Um, we're going to go our separate ways. Like, it, it shows a lot of humility to, to say we were wrong, <laughs> kind of basic, you know, you know. Um, also, it's like any other job. You hire someone. If if they're not working, you can fire them. You, you're not forced to keep them. Um and also, we don't know it, you know, how much it actually is Lucasfilm firing people and how much it is a mutual choice. Because it seemed like with Lord and Miller, while it was, you know, probably Lucasfilm who was like, this isn't working out, they didn't want to budge either. So they decided to walk away from the project yeah. rather than do what they do what Lucasfilm wanted. With industry reports from. On Trevorrow, though, it sounds like it was a little more acrimonious. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of, there were a lot of think pieces of, of of course, like, what's wrong in Lucasfilm and blah, blah, blah. But, um, like, if, if it's not working, it's not working. And would we rather have Kathleen Kennedy be like, well, I hired him, so we are stuck with him now. Like, no. Um, also, I think it's kind of silly to expect them to be clairvoyant uh when because you know how many times have you heard stories of someone getting hired for a job and then it's just not working out like they seem good on paper they do well in an interview and then they suck at their job yeah um so that might be the sort of situation like we're expecting kathleen kennedy to be clairvoyant and omnipotent and I don't know if that would have happened if George was still in charge of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if he was, we wouldn't be hiring other people to direct. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, And I, I do think that Kathleen Kennedy gets more flack for having more humility and making tough choices where other studio heads would just try and pretend that everything is fine. Yeah. Right up until the movie bombs at the box office. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and th- there were industry reports that suggested that Trevorrow was really difficult to work with. And that was just not going to fly with a really collaborative design scheme that mm-hmm. Lucasfilm uses. No, you have to be... Um both really confident and really humble to work on a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, and if you don't have those things, it's not going to work, which is why um, which is why he was dumped. Now, J.J. Uh, Abrams was brought back in. So we mi- so that was announced today, which is one week later. So we we didn't record a podcast in the interim to go over the myriad of possibilities that people were suggesting on twitter but i feel like we should mention that because (laughs) the 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 week in between news is always the fun uh the fun speculation time on in which we all get our hopes up way way too high (laughs) well 
a lot of people initially suspected that Ryan Johnston would be brought would be brought back to do episode nine, which makes perfect sense because he's currently finishing up episode eight and that's good continuity. So that was the first option that people were banding about. The second one was J.J. Abrams because, you know, he also worked on the trilogy. Uh, the third one I heard a lot was Ron Howard because why bring him in for just finish the movie? And of course, then we realize, you know, that the Han Solo movie is still in post production. He doesn't have time. I mean, no, they, I mean, they're still filming it. So, yeah. uh, oh, right. They're still in production. Yeah. Um, I can see him doing another Star Wars movie in the yeah. future. Agreed. Um, uh, but nine was never in the cards for him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some people uh, were suggesting George Lucas. Stop trying to make George happen. It's not going to happen. He sold the company. Yeah, I think people forget that. He sold it for a reason. Like, he he didn't want to do Star Wars anymore. He didn't want to make any more Star Wars. And he sold it to Disney because he trusted them to make the movies. And he hired Kathleen Kennedy because he trusted her to helm the company. And he is now retired and does not care. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> he, George ain't coming back ever. Like, we're the fans who were like, we want him to retire and make, like, art movies and the, the small films he wants he wanted to make. And then he finally does retire and people are like, maybe he should direct episode nine. It's like, Part of me wonders why? if that's because... Part of me does wonder if that's because... Many more people like Star Wars now, and we're just not comfortable with that. Yeah. But that's another discussion. <laughs> um, but yeah. And of course, there were also... And I mean, in an ideal world, this would have been what I wanted. A woman to direct episode yeah. nine. Yeah. An um, Ava DuVernay, a Patty Jenkins, a Michelle McLaren, someone like that. Yeah, it is um, definitely something that needs to happen. Um, it's frustrating that it hasn't yet um i feel like i'm i'm not i i'm more willing to be forgiving on this i think i figured out why and it's because kathleen kennedy is basically in charge of all star wars right now um so the fact that a woman is running the company goes a long way to you know satisfying wanting more women to work on star wars because like you look at the head there's there's kathleen kennedy um and we know the head of the story group kiri hart is yeah is kiri hart um and you know yes i would i would very much like a woman to write and direct a star wars movie um it's it's annoying that that wasn't the case from the beginning but um i also know why a safe choice like jj abrams was something they wanted from the beginning. And uh, I, I can only hope that um, the next standalone movie, they will spread their horizons. And, you know, Kathleen Kennedy keeps saying she wants a woman to direct a Star Wars movie. Hopefully that well, will be the case. I'd honestly say that with the next standalone movie, that's full stop. It has to be a woman. It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And I would love to see a woman's touch on like an Obi-Wan standalone movie. Um, especially if it's Obi-Wan on Tatooine and all of the drama that, you know, goes along with that. It would be... And also, I think, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people say they wanted a woman to direct 
Ray's story or to end Ray's story. And like, you know, I agree. It's 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 nice to have female directors for movies starring female characters like Wonder Woman. Um, Patty Jenkins got, just signed on for the sequel, which is great. Um, and then we've got, you know, books like Phasma that are written by Delilah Dawson and Leia that's who's been written by Claudia Gray. Like, it's nice to have a woman's touch when a, there's a female lead. However, I don't want that to be the norm and being pigeonholed as in a woman has to direct a movie starring a woman. Like, I feel like a woman directing a movie starring, for example, Obi-Wan would be really interesting and would actually be a lot more um, progressive because it's not what you expect, you know? And I, I, you know, it's the same thing like a woman writing a book that's about a, you know, male character, like... And, well, there was one other thing that you mentioned this morning uh, to me and on Twitter was that you wanted to see a woman get a Star Wars film from the start and yeah. carry it through the end. Yeah, and I think that's why I would like lo- I would like to see a woman direct a Obi Wan movie if that's if that's what they're doing. They still haven't <laughs> made an announcement about that, but I mean, I think that would be wonderful to see um, someone get. You know, I'm. Definitely wouldn't be Patty Jenkins because she's busy. I don't know if Ava DuVernay would be able to do it, considering she's working on A Wrinkle in Time still. And um, but like, you know, let's just consider her doing a movie. Well, it it like, actually could be Ava for the next standalone film. It could, um, because she should be done with Wrinkle in Time by then. Yeah. Um, but like, she was likely out of the cards for nine because she's still. Doing yeah, doing post production and publicity work right. on Wrinkle in Time, but like I think it would be it would be great to like have someone come in from the beginning and direct a Although, a standalone. Something else I've wondered is, um, it seems like the directors that Lucasfilm is working best with now are directors who have a whole lot of experience in TV. Mm-hmm. And television. Abrams and while Abrams has an impressive film resume, he's also got a super impressive television resume. Yeah. Ryan Johnson also an impressive television resume. Right. I wonder if maybe they want to cast their net and start looking at writer directors from tele or women writer directors from television yeah. to bring into a Star Wars film. Yeah, that would be good. I mean, uh I mean, who are some possibilities? Uh oh, I don't know. Worked, I don't watch T V enough to uh, have she worked on the X Files. I'm blanking. Um, <laughs> again, I don't watch enough TV e- either. This, uh, isn't, this isn't me not knowing any yeah. women in television. It's me not knowing television. Well, I know um, Jane Espenson wrote, yeah, a Jane Espenson, of, that's, uh, um, wrote a bunch of Buffy. Yeah, that's one. And I was, other movies. That's one, yeah. Uh, I don't know if she's directing. I think she's just she just wrote, but still. Someone from the Shonda Rhimes stable, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are options out there, and I really, really hope... That Lucasfilm follows through and on the next standalone film puts a woman behind the camera. It's yeah. time for it. Um, but I, I will say I get. I like I liked The Force Awakens a lot, and I, um, 
I, I get annoyed with a lot of the well actuallying that's done with it. <laughs> um, and I generally like the works of J.J. Abrams, so I'm definitely not disappointed that he has been brought in for episode nine, but I get why people are. It's definitely a safe choice. Yeah. Um, but I think the realities of when Colin Trevorrow got dumped really forced Lucasfilm's hand on who they could bring in. Uh, they're suppo- they're slated to be in begin production in just a couple of months. Yeah. And from the sounds of it, they're rework they're doing an overhaul, if not complete redo, on the script. Yeah. Um so this probably meant two things. One, they need someone who knows how to work with the Lucasfilm story group mm-hmm. and can hit the round running there. Two, they need someone who is f- intimately familiar with Lucasfilm's collaborative uh, development approach. Yeah. So that means you're probably stuck bringing in someone who has worked with you in the past. And right now that stable is pretty small. It's Abrams, it's Johnson who turned it down by reports from Deadline. Uh, it's Gareth Edwards who had reshoot drama for whatever that means. And it's Ron Howard who is still doing production on the Han Solo film. So Abrams may have been the best choice available for the constraints there. Also, it's important to to recognize that... Um that he has as a you know the director of episode seven he knows everyone in the movie yep <laughs> you know I, I i imagine they'll they'll use a lot of the same crew oh yeah he knows all of the actors and they know him so it would be really easy for him to jump back in, in from all indications they worked really well with him yeah also and- he cast oh uh, Almost all of that. He'll get to direct Mark Hamill do saying words. Hopefully, 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 if he doesn't die hopefully. in this movie. Don't die. Don't die. Hopefully. <laughs> um, but yeah, with production where it is kicking off in a mere matter of months. Yeah. Abrams is the safe but imminently logical choice. Yeah. I mean, and. Yeah, I really wanted a woman to direct nine after Trevorrow stepped out, but if if where production is isn't going to let them bring in a new face, you can do a lot worse than J.J. Abrams. I mean, I think, you know, it's easy to say, like, if, you know, you had problem if people had problems with the movie, and I'm not saying, like, that, you know, that's not allowed. Of course it's allowed. If you didn't, if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. But, you know, I, I think... Both you and I loved The Force Awakens, so obviously we're f- we're fine with this news. Um, and you know, The Force Awakens had to make people come back to Star Wars. Um, you know, not getting into prequel debates because those have been done to death. But it, you- I have a personal policy that I no longer engage in any prequel debate whatsoever. I am so done with them. Well, I mean, it's it's like they're they're 15 they're 12 years old like like i'm I'm we've done. said everything that can possibly be said like, and and you know on the other on the other side they're part of the star wars story like you, you can't just ignore them they're part of they're part of star wars but you know let, let's just move on they're there they're they're movies you like them or you don't it's part of the star wars story um but uh the point is, a lot of people didn't like them, and 
you can't just not acknowledge that you can you i mean we as fans loved them but you know if you if you listen to any sort of movie podcast that's not by star wars fans or just the general population i think the the general idea the general general opinions you'll get are either i hated the prequels i liked them but not as much as the originals um, I think, and that tends to be the spread from one of those two points in the range in between. Them. Right. I do think that the hatred gets overblown, and I I don't necessarily think everyone hates them, but I I do think generally, like the general movie going population would probably place the original trilogy. And higher. I do think we as Star Wars fans tend to get a little myopic about that. Mm-hmm. Um. And we're not saying you're wrong no, for your opinion. No. But <laughs> I, I like them too. <laughs> but I do think we're a little myopic on how the rest yeah. of the, the film going audience views them. Because I remember 1999, the people were not f- kind to The Phantom Menace or any of the movies after that, um, you know. And so there, there was a lot of, you know, trying to make people trust Star Wars again. Also, the fact that um, just regardless of that, whether or not you didn't have, you, whether or not if you had positive feelings about the prequels and you didn't necessarily need to have like come back to Star Wars, think of all of the Star Wars fans themselves who were super apprehensive because A, these new movies were going to wipe out at all the canon that they had known for 20 years um, and start reboot everything. And then, you know, there was times when you and I would say, do we really need episode seven? Like go back into our archives. We said it like, what's, what's the story going to be like? And, you know, we, we've never been like, you know, crying over the reboot, but you know, there were books that we loved and we're kind of, you know, we wished that at times that they had, you know, incorporated the expanded universe. I know like y- you wrote something about a multiverse approach, which I still maintain it's tenable. And I know we've, we've discussed um, how they could use, how they could keep the legends continuity um with episode seven like basically just skip ahead until after all of like fate of the jedi and go from there so it it was a huge undertaking to make episode seven and to make people generally like it i mean if we look back at it now i think it was a very tiny minority of fans that were that had no apprehension yeah over it and I know people who... I mean, not just fans, just film goers. Yeah, I mean, I know people, Star Wars fans, who were just... Like, The Force Awakens was their filler movie to get to Rogue One. Yeah. You know? And so, like, I, you know, not to start up the whole Rotten Tomatoes argument <laughs> that has been going on this past week. <laughs> but, but, you know, looking at it right now, Force Awakens... It was ninety two percent. the The audience score was eighty nine percent. That's really good. <laughs> um, so, you know, and 
yeah, there are there are fair criticisms of it, just like there are fair criticisms for every single Star Wars movie there is. But um, I I do think we as Star Wars fans tend to seriously understate the nigh impossible goal TFA had to had to accomplish. Yeah. And you had um, you you have a lot of uh, opinions about the people who say it's derivative. Uh, yes, I'm sorry it didn't do anything new for you personally, uh, straight white man. <laughs> uh, but this was a mega blockbuster film that was led by a woman, by a woman, a black man, and a Latino man. That does not happen in Hollywood, ever. And you have, um, you, you know, you have the original trilogy that has pretty much the best villains in you know some of the best villains in films you know history um and then you have um this first order then you're like how can they live up to the empire how can kylo ren live up to darth vader um and they basically said he can't and that's gonna be the whole point of the movie (laughs) which was one of the master strokes of the whole process right um, and somehow you have to remember they created a film that earned the death of Han Solo. Yeah, like that's 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 ballsy because and earned not giving one of the greatest heroes in film a line at all. Like you all know my preference for Luke Skywalker over Han Solo, but he I will I I can separate myself from that and say. He is the character most people think of when they think of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Other than I would, I would say Darth Vader and Han Solo. Yeah. But if you say like who, like who is the best hero of Star Wars? Like who is your favorite hero of Star Wars? People, like I think most people would say Han Solo over Luke Skywalker, which I think is wrong. But I acknowledge that that opinion <laughs> exists. Um, and so, and and also Harrison Ford has way more star power. Um, you know, so pe- and people were coming back to see the original three. Like mm-hmm. people like my mom who don't care about Star Wars. She wanted to go see The Force Awakens because she wanted to see what Luke Han and Leia look like now or what they were doing now. You know. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't bring the band back together. They were all separated. Which was incredibly ballsy. Yeah, and you know whether or not you agree with it or not, there are times when I wish that they it had been different. Um, but that's what fan fiction's for. <laughs> yeah, so I get I get annoyed that people get hung up on the superficial things like, oh, desert planet, oh, super weapon, when they are just incidentals mm-hmm. in what's going on on the screen. And what's happening on the screen are subversions yeah. of what you claim to be just blatant ripoffs of A New Hope. Yeah. And... I have a piece I'll be writing this week <laughs> that will be going up next week addressing the well actually of the Force Awakens. Well, and here's a here's a good comment I found on a on a message board about it. In reality, you have a guy who made a Star Wars movie which made two billion bucks, a movie which is over ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes and generally very well liked. If this guy is willing to come back for the next movie, how can you not bring him back? Really, is the only choice they can make. And there, there you go. Yeah. 
Like, I, <laughs> I get it. I really wanted a woman to get nine after Trevor yeah. got dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, for that to happen, though, I think they'd need to delay the film a year. I also think that the the most logical criticism and the one I can relate to a lot is that is the criticism that J.J. Abrams can't end things. Um, it's usually citing Lost, which by that point he was not involved with. Well, also like uh, uh, other like other shows he's been involved with. I've you know I've Alias, heard I think was one Alias Felicity. I've you know I've ju- I've just heard criticism that. Even like in his movies, his endings, he doesn't end well. And I don't know. I love the ending of Super 8. Eh, I didn't. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Aww. But I like the movie. Um, but like, I, so I, I, I can understand that. And I, I do hope that they will, that he will overcome that. Um, also, I, I'm really, it's interesting because in all of the interviews you've, we've seen, with ryan johnson like he said basically jj and lawrence caston set everything up and then just kind of were like all right you figure it out from here um and that raises a lot of questions because i'm wondering like what jj had in mind if anything for these characters and the future of the story and you know what ryan johnson did with that if now he's like well, okay, now I have to go back and re-figure out everything I had in mind, or did I really have nothing in mind? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, like, I-, I tweeted earlier, I think Ryan Johnson and Lawrence Kasdan were setting... Ryan... I thought... J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan were setting it up for Ray to be a Skywalker. I feel from everything we've seen and heard and stuff in other media that that's not going to happen as much as I want it to. Um, so <laughs> I'm like, maybe JJ can pick that ball back up and put it back into play. <laughs> uh, so that's just my, my small desire. Although I don't think that's going to happen, but we can have another discussion on that later, <laughs> which we will. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not at your usual episode length, but this was a weird episode we weren't planning to record anyways. How much are, how, where uh, are we? We're 45 minutes. Oh, I mean, that's still long. Ah. <laughs> we're recording a show for you while on vacation, folks. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, last thought for me, and I just want to reiterate again, yes, in a vacuum, I would have loved to see a woman get nine. Yeah. Given the production constraints, I totally get why they went with Abrams. And also, and, not even production or production constraints, just logic. Yeah. <laughs> he made a movie that people liked and made a lot of money. Like, I mean, that's the reason they hired Colin Trevorrow to begin with, was because Jurassic World made so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense for Abrams to get this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is time for Star Wars to put their money where their mouth is. And the next standalone film needs to be helmed by a woman. Just full stop. Give Yep. Yep. I agree. Uh, so, yes, that's where we are. I'm sure more will come out in the next week, and we'll catch up next week to cover all that. Yeah. Uh, Bria has told us we're never allowed to take a vacation again, because whenever we do, J.J. Abrams-related news happens. <laughs> 
Last time oh, we were on a boat. Did she tweet that at you? Yes. <laughs> we were on a cruise last time when J.J. Abrams was announced for okay, Star Wars. We are a lot. We we are actually in the continental United States with internet and cell phone powers. We so. are providing some coverage this time. Yeah. Honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I'm still excited for Nine. I'm honestly more excited for it now that Trevor's off. You can uh, say that out loud. It's not an unpopular opinion. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem to be an entirely controversial opinion. Uh, any last thoughts for you? No. We got everything out we needed to. <laughs> All right. Well, we will go ahead and wrap up there then. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. Head to patreon.com slash Tashi Station to become a subscriber. Get in at the $5 level and you can join the patron Slack team, in which we get to talk about all this fun news as it breaks in Woo-hoo! real time. Woo! Uh, on Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore Station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E, on Facebook. Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. Uh, we're available on the iTunes Store, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, please do leave a review. It helps us grow the show. Uh, you can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. We'll catch you all next time. Bye! This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Draft Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, my God.